0: the 2023 State of the Industry presentation from the Haunted Attraction Association. Welcome to the show, I'm Philip. On the HAN Show, we bring the haunted attraction industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences worldwide. Whether you're a professional or an enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and even a free weekly newsletter. Links to everything are in the show notes. Today, we're playing the full 2023 State of the Industry presentation from the Haunted Attraction Association. This was recorded live Friday, February 3rd at 9 a.m. during Transworld's Halloween and Attraction show. To maintain the integrity of the presentation, nothing was removed. There's a video version of this presentation if you'd rather see the slides and see all the board members. Check the show notes for the link to that video or go to our YouTube or Facebook pages. Okay, I'm handing it off to Spencer, the president of the Haunted Trash Association.
1: All right, I think we are ready to get started. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Happy 9 a.m. Cheers for being here, right? It's a... An early bird, usually state of the industry, does not happen this early in the day. Um, We made a decision based on some feedback and we had a conversation as as a board and um, we decided it would make sense to have it here. We didn't know how well it was gonna turn out. Obviously, it's a good turnout as always, so um, we'll probably end up keeping it for the time being. Uh, We're going to do introductions really quickly as well, just so you get a chance to meet all of us. My name's Spencer. I'm the HAA president from uh, Fear Factory 100 House in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, And we'll just start. Mr. Hobbs, do you mind? We'll start and we'll just kind of go down the line. Go build something.
0: Woo I'm Alex Rodriguez, West Palm Beach, Florida, and I'm 20
2: years. Um, John Schwartz, I'm going to use the microphone. So Go for it. Yeah. Scare USA, Wisconsin.
3: Uh, ben Gagne, oh, that's, that's loud. Uh, ben Gagne, 13th hour in Indianapolis.
4: Brent Wilson, Doom Haunted Attraction, Idaho Falls, Idaho.
5: I'm Jim Werner from uh, Penhurst Asylum in Spring City and Eloise Asylum in Michigan.
4: Hi, I'm Ashley Long from West Virginia Fright Nights. Terry Bernstein from the USS Nightmare in Newport, Kentucky on the Cincinnati waterfront.
1: I'm Krista Brower-Wood with Requiem Haunted House in Caldwell, Idaho. I'm the baby haunt compared to all these guys. The, the nice thing about how the industry is changing and how we as a board are changing to reflect that, this is a great place to start. Thanks, Krista, for the slide in. So at the end of the day, we want to reflect the industry. Um, it's about small, medium, large vendors to attraction operators, you name it, we want to have a little bit of everything. And so we're really working hard to be able to do that. So um, we are going to go through just a really quick timeline. This is also serves as our annual meeting for membership. Um, so we're going to do some quick mi- um, some meeting things that we need to do. And once we're done with that, we're going to move into our Q&A hopefully right around 925, 930. Um, there are some questions that you all put in as part of the survey, the state of the industry survey that we already asked for your feedback. Those questions came in, so we're going to get to a couple of those. Um, and then we'll have a little bit of time that we'll also do some live questions as well. So, And then we'll run some mics and go from there. Um, as part of our meeting, first thing we need to do, actually, before we even get into numbers, is we need to do our treasurer's report um, and call the meeting to order. So, Terry, do you mind? Do you want to do the uh, the basic numbers and anything that you want us want the members to know?
4: Sure. Um, we have about seventy thousand dollars in our bank account right now, maybe a little more. Um, we are we are doing really well. We are holding strong. We're we're keeping our expenses down. Uh, we're spending money in the right places, and we're doing well.
1: Awesome, thanks. the uh, The hardest part of all is that where we were even four, three, four, five years ago, um, we made a decision as part of our three-year strategic plan that one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we could do was figure out how to run so that in case something like COVID happened again. For those of you who may remember during COVID, we did free memberships, we did discounted memberships for a lot of the, in, in fact, most of the industry. And so, we want to be ready for that to happen again, so we're saving a little bit of money and keeping that in reserve in case we need to do that. But as we also get ready to end this three-year strategic plan, we're rolling out another strategic plan, which we're going to need all of your help as members to be able to help us guide in that direction. You were instrumental in the last three years in telling us what we should look at, what we should not look at, where we should be spending your money, Um, and we're going to do the exact same thing, and we'll roll that questionnaire, uh, questionnaire out later this year, so... So Treasurer's report's pretty good. Obviously, there's a lot of events happening at Transworld. Um, all that money is coming out of that pot, so it's not as big as we all think it is. But at the end of the day, um, it's nice to be able to have them. And of course, costs have gone up dramatically. If, how, many, how many of you are coming to Oscars on Saturday night? If you're not, you should be. It's like the party of the year where we get a, we get to award our our best of the best of the industry. That cost alone went up almost 40% um, to be able to feed and have a carving station. So Everything costs more money, um, so we're making sure that we can at least offer that, but then we're going to reach out to the members to figure out how we can better spend money because at the end of the day, we need it to run as an association and to support you and to build new programs and new sustainability measures, and we're working on that. So, uh, Really quick goals, um, things that we want to cover, so I'm not going to cover this too much in detail. Um, for those of you that have been watching state of the industry for the last few years, you know that we've essentially been moving these numbers each year. Uh, You can see in 2021 where we started. uh, In 2021, we asked essentially overall all of our members, the entire industry, uh, whether you were a member or not, just overall how you felt we were supporting the industry then. Obviously, the red reflected that. We were in the low and in twos and some threes, a little bit of four. We've moved most of that all now to threes and fours, um, some really high numbers, which has been really great to see. Uh, And we'll continue doing what we can. This is all about listening to you. And we want to make sure that we are reflecting what the industry wants. That's ultimately it. Same thing on the other goal, um, which was how pleased were you in what you get as an HAA member? So what's your return on investment? So you can see in 2021, um, the greens are essentially what we're aiming for, right? Like the, the greens are what we want. Uh, in 2021, they were good but not great. We've now moved to 2023. 2023. In 2023, things are looking a lot better. Um, You're getting the membership that you want. You're getting the return on investment that you want. We're currently at about a $9,000 level, um, which is really great. So we'll keep doing what we can. And give a round of applause to the board. They have kicked butt this year and like really working hard. It is, um, as an industry association, it is a very large ship to turn and move in a different direction. We know we're gonna make some waves. Um, And that's okay, we're doing that. You're happy with it, we're happy with it, and we're gonna keep going in that direction. So uh, you'll also notice some new marketing that's happening. Um, We're working on just streamlining our message so that you know what we're doing more, that we're marketing ourselves better, you know what events are happening. So you're gonna see that um, consistently more often as well. Uh, we also just did a last questionnaire survey of where you want to see us and where you want us to be spending your money as we look at representation at other conferences as well. Um, so the data is pretty significant. <laughs> good news, we're all at Transworld. So, um, but we also have other shows that are pretty much streamlined. And so um, we've got Midsummer Scream, we've got uh, MHC. And as we keep working, we're gonna look at how we can have representation in areas that you're telling us to do so that we can be there for you if you have questions. Um, and we can also look for new members as well and help support new members too. So, uh, we already talked about our board. They've done a really great job this year. Uh, like I said, it's been a really hard year of trying to consistently, uh, you know, we have, we're kind of on the end of COVID and we're moving things through, but we're looking really good. And I think as we continue with the strategic plan, now and in the future, it's gonna look really great. So, we're really, uh, we're really happy with where we're going. Um, there is some new news. Uh, If you haven't heard yet, Brent Wilson from Dooms, our new vice president, that was just recently a vote that happened, Um, so Brent, condolences ahead of time. The nice, I'm actually really happy about it because we're only about three or four hours away, so worst case scenario, we'll get some work done in between. Um, We also want to do special recognition for Brett Mulder, Um, Brett's right here, so I know, you don't know this is coming, so... If you have ever called the HAA, if you've emailed the HAA, if you have followed up, if you've done social media, um, there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. If you need a new membership, if you need chaos information, all of that is happening behind the scenes, and really about 95% of that is one person. So Brent, Brent, thanks for your help, because I think we can't do that. We, We essentially can't run an association without having someone in Brett's volunteering his time. I mean, he's been putting in 40 hours for, I don't know, months at this point. So um, so thank you. Um, for tonight, we have our auction. So Krista and Brett are both of our auction chairs. So if you're not going to be in room 231, it's the front of the convention center upstairs. You're going to miss out. It's the biggest room that we have that's here. Um, it will always be full. It's packed. This is the biggest auction we've ever had in history of this association. Um, so our members, especially, and our vendors have really just stepped up in a massive way. Um, we're doing more things that we can support our vendors, and in doing so, they're passing that on to you all. You get to make a really great decision and buy something that supports the other members, and it's just a cyclical um, conversation, so we're really excited about that. Also, for Oscars, um, it'll be Saturday night. John is your production, in his hat, and he's the co-chair. John's been working on really just fine-tuning that entire production. It's really shiny and it's its an amazing thing. So we'll look forward to having everyone Saturday uh, at five o'clock in the room across the hall at 2.41. Vendors, um, most of the vendors are probably not going to be in here because they're prepping and getting ready on the show floor. Um, this is getting recorded. Thanks, Haunted Attraction Network, by the way, for helping make sure that that can happen so the world gets to be part of State of the Industry, even if you're here or not. Um, the reality is that our vendors have had a, they've had a great year, but they've had a rough year. There's been a lot of things happening. We had to prepare earlier, but it's been really good. So in the end, they have stepped up in a lot of ways because their goal is to support this industry. They're creating new product. They're, they're finding new ways to tell the story that we need to tell in our, whether it's a hayride or it's an attraction, whatever that is, they're working on, on creating new product, and they've done really great at it. So vendors, thank you. Yeah, for those of you that are in the back, come on up. You've got VIP spots that are open if you want to. So it's, up, it's totally up to you. You can fill up every chair you want. All right, um, really quick, we're going to talk about our plan. I am not going to spend very much time on this because at this point, um, you can go back and listen to the last two State of the Industries, um, also produced by 100 Attraction Network, and then that way you can see what we've been talking about. We've covered goals. Uh, we had essentially 30-plus goals of what we wanted to do and kind of move the, uh, move the thermometer, if you will, to take a better pulse of the industry. It all comes down to our mission, promoting, protecting, and educating. That's what we're supposed to be doing as an association, so we're promoting not only the industry, we're promoting haunted houses, we're promoting top haunts, we're promoting safety. On the protecting side, that's where chaos comes in. Um, that's where our chaos class is all about protection. We also work on media to make sure that if there is a crisis, We support our members in doing that. Is Jeremy here, by the way, Jeremy Karchner? He's our crisis guy. If not, you can see him at the booth. Free consult, whether you're a member or not. Um, Check our social media and you can stop by. Same thing with our legal team. We have legal team that's rotating every day at the booth. It's 2023 and you can stop in and ask them some questions as well. The hours are on our social media. And then last, educate. Because we want to educate, the more we all learn, the more we're able to run great attractions. And so that's why we're offering these free experts. That's why as a board of directors, we've worked really hard to make sure that we are giving as much advice as we can, and that we're diversifying our skill set as well to be able to do that. So, like I said, I'm not gonna cover this really in detail. What you can see are those green things. All of those green items are goals that we have now accomplished. Uh, We have pink items. The pink items are ones that are not currently done. Um, but we're in progress of doing them. Some of these are are research. Some of them are implementation that will happen at the end of 2023. And you'll see these for each item, for the promote, for the protect, and for the educate. So most of those greens are, again, accomplished, and we've got some pink ones that are later. Um, And, again, we'll cover these if you want. Come to the booth. You can talk to us more about them. Um, They're all in motion at this point. And the key to think about is how... We move forward from here. Uh, We're kind of at the end of the strategic plan, so it's a space where we're able to say, hooray, we've done some really great things. Now what? What do we do next? How are we gonna move forward? There's been a lot of great brainstorming. You all have been instrumental in helping give us some ideas about everything from regional trainings to meetings um, to just content that we can be doing more, more trainings, um, video online. There's a lot, so we're gonna be working hard on it. Membership-wise, um, we're currently at about a $9,000 value. Not going to go over all these details as well. You can stop by the booth and see them. Um, you can see them on our social media. They're all over the place. Uh, the one big thing that we were asked to talk about this year is a new benefit that we brought on HalloweenBackgroundChecks.com. Uh, members, essentially, instead of paying a $30 or $35 background check, you pay about $12. I think it's like 12.50. dollars Um, So that's something that members have been asking for for a few years. We've been looking and researching national firms that can allow us to do that and give us the most comprehensive research in doing those background checks for the states that can do background checks, some that cannot. Um, But if that's something you're interested in, that's another good benefit that we're uh, giving to our members. I'm going to put this QR code up later um, at the end as well, but if you're interested in volunteering, this is the best part about having a member-owned association is that we're all volunteers. Nobody gets paid. Um, and we also do the same thing with our boards and our committees. So if you're interested in being on a committee, if you want to volunteer, if you want to help out at the booth, you name it, there's some really great opportunities to do that as well, and we'll put this up later. So that said, that is our um, – that's at least what we have to cover meeting-wise. So short and sweet, that's the goal. And then we're going to move into q and I need Chris Treble. You have my phone, yeah. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. Because he was scanning. Thanks, Chris. So one of the things, thank you, sir. So one of the things that we did is we reached out earlier um, and asked you all for any feedback, of questions that you might have to help get us ready for the Q and A today. So. Um, we have those questions, and like I said, we're going to also answer some questions from you all live as well. So um, we're going to also, Brent is going to jump up, and he's going to pass around the microphone here. I'm going to pass the microphone down to this group as well, Um, and we're going to cover these questions. As board members, we're going to try and hopefully cover, um, probably, we'll cover the question to make sure it's covered. How's that? At the end you're here for information, that's kind of the idea is that we can give as much information as possible and share what we have, what resources. There might be things that we don't know, we're pretty honest about it, like we've built a really diversified skill set, but there's still areas that we're looking for so if you're interested in being a board member, um, there are obviously certain requirements as part of our bylaws but we're always looking for new skill sets. And that's why we've also built the Legal Advisory Board. Um, we're working on building a Home Haunt Advisory Board, a Vendor Advisory Board, because those are all things that are um, that are important to all of us. So let me get this ready really quick. Sorry if that makes any noise. Brad, I'm gonna give this... Actually, I guess I have to read the question first, so. We'll go from there. Um, so we're just gonna start at the top of the list. Um, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or so. Um, and we'll kind of go from there and then we'll do a QA and a as well. So the first question is what are we doing actively to increase membership, which will increase our revenue and will increase our effectiveness in HAA overall as members? Uh, there's a lot that's happening obviously from our three-year strategic plan, uh, but there's also a lot that's happening, um, where's Jim? Jim, oh that's right, um, Jim has been hosting some mixers um, that are online for members, so that's one of the things that we've been doing. You all asked for other ways to kind of network with each other and so we've offered that online and a lot of people will do it live, but a lot of us are busy, like let's be honest, some of us have two, three jobs and so part of that goal is record it, watch it at a later time. Um, so we're doing that. Do you all, is bored? is there anything else that you want to speak to as far as things that we're doing, things that we've talked about, um, things that folks can also be thinking about other ways of how we're growing the association and growing numbers and resources.
6: One of the the things that we've been asked for as far as chaos is online. Well, we've been able to set it up and it's gonna be going live right after convention here and then we'll set it up automatically to be the recertification of CHAOS, which as of March 2020, uh, all CHAOS certificates were good for three years. So if you took it prior to that, it expires this month, this next month. The recert process will all be online. You'll sign up, go through the four to five hours course, fill out the form, basically kind of a test, make sure that you did view the material and then you'll be recertified so research is all online
1: good idea <laughs> captain chaos everyone <laughs> i even had the
6: shirt on yesterday chaos is called the certified haunted attraction operator safety course it's eight <laughs> hours of course MATERIAL THAT STARTS WITH A FOUR-HOUR FIRE SAFETY COURSE WHICH WE DID YESTERDAY IN THIS ROOM AND WE'VE COME TO CALL THAT COURSE THE SCARED STRAIGHT OF THE haunt INDUSTRY. THE YOUNGER ONES DON'T KNOW WHAT THE HELL THAT MEANS BUT THE OLDER ONES DO AND IT CAN'T POSSIBLY BE DONE ONLINE, I MEAN we, WE'VE TALKED TO A LOT OF PEOPLE. YOU HAVE TO BE HERE IN THE ROOM TO it IN ORDER TO GET THE EFFECTIVENESS OF THAT FOUR-HOUR COURSE AND THEN THE OTHER FOUR HOURS, ONE OF THE HOURS IS HERE tonight, TODAY. So at the end of the session, there'll be a QR code at the top. Anybody doing chaos this weekend, scan that, and you get credit. And this year, I automated it pretty much. You scan the code, register, and then at the end of each class, you scan the code. And I checked the file last night, and everybody's in there. (laughs) It's working like a dream. So once you get the eight hours, you stop by the booth, and we'll have your certificate ready for you. And last year, we come up with a PIN. And so this year we have more pins, so you get a pin and a certificate, and we are working towards actually issuing a card that will have, like you get for anything else, whether it's first aid or any other course, so you'll be able to actually have a card for your wallet.
1: And there's a lot of national programs that are out there that have you know national accreditation. This is specific to National Fire Protection Agency code, safety code, but also we've added some new things to chaos um, so we've added building code safety specifically. That's something that Brent's been covering through his profession that he's doing. Jim Warner's also EMS, nationally certified. And so he's been teaching all over for the nation for EMS, but we're bringing EMS now into our, into our chaos class as well. The idea is to cover safety really, really well and then also give you additional resources that you can use throughout the year. So it's a great, it's a great program. It's evolving, and uh, it's, been really, it's been really great. So anything else that anyone wants to talk about? on specifically about how we're growing. Yes. More than the strategic plan? So. Yeah, he's good. Ellen um, Hobbs everyone. Ellen Hobbs. How many people in here are members of the association? Raise your hand,
7: please. You'll need this for the recording. Everyone, everyone who did not raise your hand, please join the association. Just talking about the association, those of you who are in it, and have seen a benefit at functions like this, talk to other people about it and mention why it is. The 16 of us up here can work our butts off, but if it's only us 16, it doesn't make a difference. We can do much bigger things when we have a lot more members. Um, th- those bigger things, do you think that we're gonna be able to negotiate insurance discounts with just the 16 of us? No. <laughs> But if we had eight, 10,000, absolutely, then we could. So the more members that we have, the more, I don't know, the the more it shows. I've struggled my whole life to have my business, what I do for a living, be recognized as an actual industry, you know? And this is gonna sound really weird, and I'm sorry. But <laughs> what I have seen happen with tattoo shops in the last 20 years, mm-hmm. where were tattoo shops 20 years ago in the worst parts of town and you didn't let people go there, you know? Um, now the, the the tattoo industry has done amazing things for itself. That's what we're trying to do for the haunted, atta- haunted attraction industry. We're, we're a little bit one of those fringe industries and we are fighting some of the misconceptions and perceptions that have happened in the 70s and 80s with some of the haunted houses and, and just how it was run because they didn't have an association. They didn't have a network to talk to each other and to learn and to share like we do here in the association, like we do here at Transworld. So, so that, that's one thing. Uh, we also, this last year, maybe it was two years ago, we started the, the Facebook group that is a much easier way for most of us to communicate. Because a lot of times if you joined the association eight, 10 years ago, then you didn't hear about or from the association until you went to the next Transworld. And now we have much better communication with members. So just being able to communicate with you guys throughout the year um, is another way that we are continuing to grow the association. One more thing that I really want to do in order to grow the association is um, let's get something on that Facebook group. What big shows do you guys go to, like horror, horror Find Weekend or Horror Hound, all of the big horror conventions? As we get more members, as we get that budget up, we're able to get boosts there. And then we're appealing to six, seven, 8,000 haunted house and horror fans at a time to join the association, even at that um, enthusiast level. But all the haunted houses are there too, and some of them don't make it to trans world. Maybe half the haunted houses in the country, I think less, actually come to, to this show. So we have to work to reach out to those people, and I think those local shows are the way to do it.
1: That's great. Uh, Question number two, how can we as an industry increase credibility as a viable business so that the lender's employees... No, really, that's question number two. So um, I do want to give a chance, though, because let's be honest, as all of us as operators, there's been some point in time where we've had someone who doesn't want us to open. That may be really general, but because people are, you know, there's stereotypes, there's concerns, whatever it might be. Um, I think we are really growing what we're doing and how we're doing it. But as a board, um, what things do you have or what have you done? What success stories have worked really well for you? And some of you are going to be talking, some of you are not. But hopefully you'll get to hear from some good folks because we have hayrides. We have indoor attractions. We have small, medium, large. They're all on the board. So, um, so we I want to talk about that. Just what are you doing as far as how do you educate your community? How do you educate Uh, landlords how do you educate anyone specifically about what you're doing how you're doing it how it's bettering your community um, how you're giving back all of those things so I can start okay Um, so
4: my other business when I'm not busy managing the haunt I negotiate leases and building acquisitions for retailers and restaurants so I deal with landlords and lenders every day Uh, the important thing with those guys is to hit them with data Um, you know, that lender has a loan committee, and he needs to put together a loan package all about your business that he presents to a group. And so it's a lot easier if you're an established haunt with a proven track record, you can come in with your profit and loss statements for the past few years, you can come in with a balance sheet. But if you're a startup haunt, uh, what you need to do is present a business plan to this group, whether it's the landlord or the lender and your business plan needs to have pro forma financial projections what are your expected uh, expenses what are your expected revenues you need to project those out at least three years if not five Uh, most businesses are not profitable in their first year so you need to show the bank or the landlord that you have operating capital in the event you're not profitable the first year you can weather the storm financially Um, You need to include demographic data about your market, you know, who is your target customer, how many of them live in your market, and also what is the market penetration going to be, who's your competitors, which other haunts are in the market competing with you. So think about it, you know, if you're a lender and you're going to issue a loan, or you're a landlord and you're going to negotiate a lease, it's a measurement of risk they're going to assess. I mean, if you're a landlord and you have to evict a tenant, it's a $20,000 expense in Idaho. And if you're a lender and you have someone default on a loan, that's also very costly. So it's risk and reward. The more information you can provide to that lender or that landlord uh, and make yourself seem stronger as a business operator, the better loan terms you're gonna get. It's in your own best interest. Hit them with as much data as you can. Let them know you've really thought this through and you're taking this decision very seriously.
8: What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the culture. <laughs> <laughs> what well, you've done it with the terror. Well, Woods of you know, so we opened up 31 years ago, very rural community, what nothing but farms out there, and now every farm has been bought except for mine. So um, I've always tried to give back to community for years. We took care of the road and picked up trash, and um, I've talked to the stores and all the local communities. Everything, when I'm open, everything goes up 33%. And um, so we've just tried to embrace the community. We also have farm events, which have really helped with the families come in and as I grow my families they get to be teenagers and of course they come to the haunted house but um we've just over the year it's been the last 10 years we've really um, the community's embraced us one of the things that I did um, next door app is probably worse than Facebook it's the most drama place I've ever seen in my life so during COVID you know there was 4,000 comments about what a money um, horror, I was and stuff like that so I just let them fuss and then at the end I re, um, replied to all of it and I had probably hundreds of people see me in public and say you know I didn't want to get involved on Nextdoor app but we really liked your reply but I just took them head on so now a lot of times I'll get on Nextdoor app and say we're opening for another season and uh, be prepared there's going to be traffic and um, I, I've tried to take a proactive to it get out in front of it I think that's been a way better approach than reacting but um you know, and something that Alan would say in going to the haunted house industry, 31 years, it, you would, went for a $250,000 loan. It's like the most agonizing thing to do after 31 years. And I think that's something that if we got eight and 10,000 people involved, it would be like, hey, this is a serious industry, and we can go out and get capital to work with. But that is a very hard thing to do. So...
7: Sometimes I like to say things that make work for other people. And I'm going to do that now. um, Because this isn't my forte. But I honestly think... I have giant hands. Sorry. Uh, So, But I honestly think that we need for New Haunted... And I'm staring at the people who I think can help me. um, I, I think that we honestly need a... One splash page website that is haunted house stats 2022, 2023. Not for us, but the point of this question was how do we legitimize our industry? If there was a haunted attraction association splash page, not the member page with all the info and the files, but a splash page where you could say, Bank, here's the industry that I'm getting into haunted houses. There are roughly this many haunted attractions in the country. They bring in roughly this many dollars. Um, It is this percentage of the entertainment market. The horror survival game, video game market is this big. Those people are crossing over. Talk about the industries that touch ours so that we can say, what I do for a living is real. Look at it. In one quick splash page, I think it, could be easy to do once we compile that data. It would be very useful to anyone wanting to start or having to prove their business's legitimacy. So, maybe someone else can do that.
1: Thank you for volunteering to share that committee, Alan. <laughs> it's a good point. Um, and the more that you're reaching out there, the more we can sell what we're doing and how we're doing it is good too. So. John, go for it. Yeah, actually, what Alan said is what you said about that.
2: That's real. I mean, for me at Scare USA, we tried 12 years ago. It took two years to get our place up and running, and I don't even think our own crew knows that. But we had to almost prove to the city that this is real. You have to prove you're not alone, right? Right. Crazy guy in their town. Correct. Even though I've been doing it for since I was a kid, 25 years. That's a long time. It didn't matter because we still had to prove that, hey, we're not just some schmuck haunt that's not here to goof off. We're, we're real. But one of the things that I wanted to make sure with our crew is we're called Scare USA and embedded within the word scare is care. And part of what I do, you got to showcase your heart. And that's one of the biggest things that I represent in our whole entire team. We're mainly volunteer. It is possible if you don't have money to give back to his staff. It is actually possible. You just have to understand how to do it. But you need to take care of your team first. And then we give back to the community. So that's what what we do. We make sure we do take care of our crew first. Uh, The third week of October every single year is our Care Give Back Weekend. And that's when we will go out, we'll take care of our group first. And this past season we had Uh, Amanda, she's part of our box office, but her mother had cancer. So we donated and we did a match program with a bar and other businesses. See, we got the community involved and they matched whatever we made. So we gave back $2 from every ticket that we sold that weekend. And it was like 3,500 bucks that we raised and we gave it to somebody else. So that's a way to get the community involved saying, hey, we're not just here to scare people. I mean, obviously that's our goals. That's what we like to have fun doing but it is possible, so if your community is giving you some grief, a hard time, just think a little bit outside of the box. In fact, do not even have a box. Just think, get involved. There are parades, there are other programs, schools, there are functions that could use your help. So if you have any questions about that, you can, you can ask them on that, but that's really all I have. That's it great. is always possible.
1: Thanks, John. Um, all right. Next question is, uh, says Entertainment Weekly's coverage about youth safety in haunted houses. What can we do as operators to ensure that our staff are safe from concerns while ensuring customers of their safety as well? So uh, if you haven't heard that news yet, um, we are rolling out a youth safety protection program. Um, that program is gonna be pretty well detailed. I'm gonna let, I ask Jim if he doesn't mind speaking just specifically on this, because he is not only the person who's certified to teach this, has trained it already, but is building one specifically for the Haunted Attraction Association, similar to our sexual harassment training, where you all will be able to have that. You can literally sit your team down, press play. Everybody can watch it. You can look for warning signs, all those things. So, Jim? Thank you. So, right now, some of us
5: in the industry are aware, um, but there's been a lot of major media attention drawn to our industry in a very negative way. Um, Some events have occurred where youth or people have been mistreated, misaligned, and taken advantage of. Uh, Real quick, just on the room here, how many people employ people under the age of 18 or have volunteers under the age of 18? That is a lot of hands in this room. Um, And I'm sure in this room, we are all invested in their success and their safety. I'm sure of it. That's why you're here. But we need to make sure that when these young people are coming out, that we are protecting them at a higher level. Um, one of the biggest misconceptions is as an actor as an actor is an actor is an actor and that's not true when you're dealing with youth. Youth have to be treated differently. They're a different category of employee per your state, per your Department of Labor. They are in, in need of protection. Um, for those of us who aren't doing our background checks or that sort of stuff, if we're putting youth in an environment with a predator inadvertently, I know no one would do it on purpose, That is going to come back on the owners and operators as a major liability. It's a huge red flag. It's a huge black eye to your haunt, to the industry, Um, as well as we've allowed a young person to be taken advantage of. We We just can't allow it. It's not a matter of won't. It's a matter of can't. Um, So one of the things we're really excited about in the HAA is developing uh, what is known as a youth protection program. A youth protection program is a set of standards and training that you will be able to take from the HAA to your haunts, to your actors, to your staff, to make sure that they are aware of these type of issues and how to protect against them. So that way your whole staff is working towards that goal of a safe and productive haunt environment for all of your staff. Um, And it it will pay dividends, I promise, because then the parents are happy with you, the kids are successful, because God knows no one runs a jumper rig better than a kid. Um, You need them, they're useful, um, but we want to make sure they're safe. And this year, we're very excited to roll that out.
1: Jim. Jim. Uh, Our next question, um, we had the board up earlier, but um, we're gonna let them talk, but the question is how many women are now represented on the board? So as an industry, this is dominated specifically by men, but let's be honest, the women are kicking ass and they're doing a great job. So um, we have three that are on our board, and um, as we talk more about how we continue building this industry and have representation of the industry on our board, this is something that we've really been specific out. I've mentioned already our skill sets that we're building and there's a lot of different perspectives that we bring, but um, if I don't know if any of you want to talk specifically about it, but please do. I'll bring it up. So I'm actually, for the first time, we have three of us on the board. There's always usually been like maybe one. This is the first year. Two of us are on the executive board. Um, we need women to get involved up here with our board. Um, it's always been a male-dominated industry. Um, I am a female owner of my haunt. Um, I'm the only one in my area of it, um, so I mean, if you don't think you can do I never thought I could be on the board, I didn't at first. and It's just an application to get in, um, and these guys are great to work with. <laughs> do you wanna say anything? I'm good. You're good. <laughs> <you're laughs> right. yeah. Miss Ashley. Oh no, I'm great. Okay, yeah, I guess, I guess that hit it.
4: <laughs> these gals are the glue that are holding us together. They're
1: doing a phenomenal job. Woo woo. Amazing. Um, one of the questions um, I'm gonna answer just really briefly is how do we grow the board? Um, and essentially, as Krista just mentioned, it's an application process. There are key uh, as part of our bylaws. Um, you have to be an operator of an attraction for at least five years. It doesn't it does not specifically say you need to be an owner. It's an owner or an operator. Um, but one of the things that we really look for are folks who bring the skill set that our members need. Um, that is the key component to that. And so there's obviously, I mean, there's some other checkpoints that are part of it. It's a pretty long list of about 10 different criteria. Um, but you can apply as a board member. Um, there is a very large vetting process as part of that, um, as far as references. But that's something, in fact, when we put the QR up later on, um, if you would like to in, just to even volunteer, get on a committee, let us learn more about you and the skill sets that we have. Um, we bring in a lot of different folks, so we have a marketing team that's helping us. We have a bunch of things, so it's pretty cool. Um, we also have when um, one of the other questions that I want to uh, just get to before we do hopefully a little bit of live questions as well. Um, it's the little guys that need help. Will there be benefits directed towards small businesses? Yes, there already are. Um, please come talk to the booth because it. We've already mentioned this several times, that as we, as, as new business owners are coming in, the more that everyone is able to start off on the right foot, that you know, you are able to financially succeed. You do have the information that you need to be able to get moving and to move quickly. That helps all of us. Um, and it allows us to really see things uh, better and how we can sell the industry as well. But there's, it's a long conversation, but there's a lot of resources. There are budget templates, Um, There is marketing templates. There are um, the uh, HR staff manual. It's uh, 40 pages. That's all on there. There's so many different resources that are available for you as you're starting your business. Um, And, of course, you have the board. You can reach out to the board. um, Someone, I think Alan mentioned, the Facebook group. We have a members-only Facebook group. It's pretty cool to see how people will chime in and say, like, Hey, you know, I've got this happening, it's, I, don't, I, I don't know what to do, and there's five, six, seven, eight people that'll chime in and say, Oh, that happened to me, here's some suggestions that I have, or I don't really know, but here's something to try. Uh, it's really great to see members supporting each other, and I think at the end of the day, that's what this is about, is how do we support each other, and as we do have, as we move from hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands at the end of the day, The idea is to how do we support each other and use that to our advantage and leverage that. So, and that'll be good for small businesses. That'll be good for businesses that have been around for 31 years, so. um, Now that the three-year strategic plan is coming to an end, will there be another plan to help moving forward? Yep, we already talked about that a little bit, but um, for those of you that are members, and if not, you can stop by our booth. It's booth 2023. It's the year we're in right now, 2023 stop by the booth um, you'll specifically be able to talk to us, talk to the legal team, talk to the advisory team, um, the marketing team like everyone is there board members are there we staff the booth so that you can just come up and ask us questions. The other option too is if you'd like you can we have a um, our skill set um, diversity skill set is on the Facebook groups so you're able to say like okay I'm uh, Hayride, and I need some ADA questions answered. And you'll be able to just use that grid and be like, all right, I got five people I need to call. You can private message us right there in the group. Um, you can reach out to us. There's a lot of different ways to do that, but we try to be as accessible as we can. Uh, last question, which may take this may take a little bit of time, but we'll see, which I think is going to be key. What is the best advice you have as a board for those of us just entering the industry. So I think we've covered a couple of those topics already, um, but is there anything specific that anyone has not covered that you think would be great to add to that conversation about what people can do if they're getting into the industry? Ben, thanks Brent. Hello, there you
3: go. So I started about five, uh, ooh, that's rough. Uh, I started about six years ago in the industry volunteered at a haunt previously worked at one The the biggest thing i would say that helped me is to find a mentor find someone that's willing to help there's people on this board that are willing to help there's people sitting in this room that are willing to help get different opinions get different input from from um from different people but find someone that's willing to show you the ropes right there's a lot of there's a lot of tribal knowledge in this industry and learning that um, you know, attending the seminars as part of it, but there's things that you you can't teach. You have to go see, you have to go do. Um, the matrix that um, Spencer talked about is super helpful in figuring out, okay, how long have you been in the industry? You know, are you very familiar with what it takes to start uh, a haunt and, you know, after the year 2005 or, you know, have you been in the industry a while and you have a different experience when you started? Um, you know, figuring out there's different things that we need to do today when you start versus you know, a haunt that's been around longer, but they're facing different challenges. So if you're a haunt that's larger and been around a while, you might find someone that has more experience in that space. So just understanding and finding someone that's willing to help. Like I said, I think most people on this board have or are willing to put some time in to help um, you know someone that's just getting started and, and figuring out how to, how to launch a haunt.
7: Thanks. Uh, Just one thing that I want to say is if advice new for someone starting out, there is a little bit of a mindset of as my show gets bigger, I will make it safer. That is inappropriate. You have to start with your show being super safe right off the get-go. Because the news doesn't care how small the haunted house was when it catches fire. The news doesn't care how small the haunted house was or where it was if a, if a predator is caught there. Uh, the news doesn't care. So from the beginning, from the get-go, don't use inferior materials. Don't be not fire safe. Um, have safety at the forefront in all of those aspects. That's what I beg. Spam risk. (laughs) That's. I should end there.
9: Well, I just want to say, back twelve years ago, I started my han in Puerto Rico. There was no hans, zero hans. Now there's like fifteen. But when I started, I did get involved with the HIA because I wanted to learn from other people that have been doing it. I wanted to get there faster. I mean, we did productions before, other productions, but not about the hunt industry. What I was saying is, it, it could I would learn, my learning curve would have been uh, five years to know what I know now, but I, but I got there in two years because I was talking to these people. I was learning from them. So what I'm saying is, don't wait to be a member. And, and I'm always learning. I've been here 12 years, I don't know it all. I know a little bit, but I'm learning from these guys that have been there for 32 years or 20 years or whatever. Get involved is what I'm saying is, and ask questions. You just don't be a member and just say, hey, okay, I paid it and I got this or whatever. And no, no, get involved because maybe you have stuff that I don't know and I would want to learn from you. You know what I'm saying? Your situations are different than mine, but get involved in in in, uh, in the process and, and maybe you say, hey, I, this happened to me with this actor or I did this for whatever. And I'm saying, oh, this happened to me. I I, I didn't know, so I'm learning from you now. You know what I'm saying? It's it's be part of it, because it helped me, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that even though you've been here for 10 or 12, 15, 20 years, you're still I'm still learning. I mean, hey, you did this this way. This is cool because I do it this way, but I like the way you're doing it. It's 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 part of being of that networking community. And a lot of people say, no, I don't want to be it. When, whenever Spencer came in and said, Hey, let's do the 2.0, it's like, Hey, we want to refresh this and we want to make it bigger and better for you guys. And I think that's, that's they've, they've, they've been doing an excellent job in doing that and steering that ship slowly. And I, and I think that they, they, I just want a round of applause for these people because they really, really put a lot into
1: this, man. It's definitely a team effort for sure. Uh, Jim, did you want to add anything to that that question? Um, yeah, I, I talk loud. I, I don't even
5: need this. Um, so, one of the most important things is we we as an industry we look at our own little microcosm. It's it's our show. It's our show. It's our show. Um, I advise you to get away from that. I, I I run two different large-scale haunted attractions in two different states, and I don't view myself as competing with anybody. I want my neighbor haunt to do good. I want the little haunt down the street to do good. I want the me- I, want, I want horror nights to do good. They're going to be fine, trust me. But I want them to do good. And, and that nature has allowed me to, to work with people that I might never have been able to work with because I'm not out to end your show. I want your show to do good because then my show does good. Yeah. So, so celebrate the industry. Celebrate the idea that we're all here because we love what we're doing first and now we're building this incredible product. And by supporting each other we raise raised that tide, man. That tide rises quick if we're all supporting each other. So that's my big thing is just don't, don't look at that guy down the street's not my enemy. He's just not. I'm here. He's here. We're going to do some awesome stuff. So that's, that's my only thought I just throwing. Well said.
2: I'll be quick. Okay. Uh, the one thing that I learned is that I am skilled, so I try to stay within my wheelhouse. Uh, I'm not afraid to ask questions for people that know better with ticketing Or marketing or whatever so don't be afraid to ask those that know you don't know everything this is a business you need to treat it like a business but you also need to understand this is what I'm good at doing so just stick with what you're good at doing and grow from there and you can work on your weaknesses along the way does that make sense that's all I really have I just want to make sure you keep it in mind that this is still a business and uh, just keep practicing what you're already good at doing
1: build a good team I mean This is a good example of it. We have skill sets in specific areas. I mean, we have a haunted house on a ship. Like, anyone else floating their haunted house? So there are specific skill sets that we have on the board, and that's kind of the idea. So, yeah, so build your own team. We'll work on building ours. All right, so those are the questions you all asked us as we reached out to you earlier. So we're going to do some live. Um, Really quickly, though, there's a couple things that I want to go over. Um, Number one... Looks like it flipped out, but that's okay. Um, when it comes to the rest of the day, so we've got two big things coming up. So today, 4.30 p.m., it's 2.31, you're gonna go to the opposite side of the convention center, go up the escalators. This is the event, this this thing is massive. Um, it is by far, it's unprecedented, we've never had this many item auctions. Our vendors have really stepped up to support each other and to support members. Um, that auction's gonna happen Today, room 231. Take a picture of this if you need to. Um, You are going to want to be there. The room is always packed tight. There's a cash bar if you want to grab some drinks. And get ready. There's a silent auction and a live auction. Then Saturday, right across the hall from that, same thing in the beginning, the front of the convention center upstairs, the Oscars party, we award small, medium, and large attractions and vendors. We do three scholarships. Uh, There's a ton of different things that we do. You're going to want to be there for that, you're going to learn more about other people in the industry and you're going to learn more about how you can raise your bar and how you can get more involved. Last but not least, for those of you that are in here um, for chaos credit, your chaos credit, you're going to scan the left red QR code. If you want to volunteer for the HAA, you're going to scan the right one and you may have to like use your camera to only scan half of the screen at a time because that's how QRs work, you can only scan one at a time. Um, but that said, we're gonna open up for live questions. If you do have any live questions specifically, Brent is gonna run the microphone over, so raise your hand if you do have a question that we have not covered yet. Um, and we're gonna try and get to some of those, so. All right, Brent's on his way over. Hang tight for just a sec. While Brent is, is doing the mad dash, raise your hands if this has been beneficial, if you feel like you got a good takeaway so far today. Thank you. Awesome, good, thank you. That's The goal is, is to give you some information and as much as we can. And again, stop by booth 2023. Um, It's by a really large pumpkin right by the food court. Come talk to us, ask us some questions. So that's what we're here for, so. Yeah. All right, hello everyone, I'm John. Um, So my question is, from all your experience of doing escape rooms, I've seen that some have more minimal theming and really hard puzzles, and some are going all out and more like Hollywood quality, like lots of animatronics. From your experience with your customers, are they enjoying more of that theatrics with easier puzzles? Are they complaining about it being too easy? Or do they like the more minimal theming and hard puzzles? Good question. Thanks. There's a few of us that have um, escape rooms, so anyone that wants to speak to that? Um, so
5: uh, at Eloise, we have uh, some very, very thematrical um, escape rooms. They are very highly detailed, as, as equal to our attractions theming. Um, and what we have found is that we didn't dumb down our puzzles for that. We, we have extremely skill-oriented and teamwork-oriented puzzles that force them to work together. So it's not one person leading the room, that one person has to direct. Um, and that is the focus that's really been winning for us with the escape rooms is forcing situations where the group is working together. They have to work together. That's what's been selling us and getting great reviews. Um, it's not just one smart person who knows escape rooms goes in with their four buddies and they win. Those four buddies got to work. Like they got to help figure it out. So our balance is great puzzles, great theming, great theming. People want an experience, and make them work together because then it's it's a group activity and everyone had fun. So that's that's what I think. I think it's a balance.
1: Anyone else? Escape rumors? No one else. Okay. Next question. What would
4: your advice be for home haunts? So we have a small home haunt, but we have um, some neighbors love it, some neighbors detest it, and then also working with the city. So we've had a lot. We've had to work several years with our city to modify what we've been doing.
1: It's a good question. Oh, we get asked the question a lot as far as are there any home haunts that are represented on the board? So how many of you as board have started as a home haunt and you're moved to another one? And how many of you in the room are started as a home haunt and you've grown into something bigger? This is like, this is the breeding ground, right? This is where it all happens. So yeah, there's a lot happening in home haunts. Good. Um, Some neighbors love it. Some neighbors don't. But is there anything specific that we want to cover as far as things that we're doing? Um, I'll let you all think about it really quickly for me. I mean, I started as a home hunter for 20 years. Um, I still do it. I love it. Um, I think that at the end of the day, it's about how you do what you do. You're giving back somehow to your community, right? At the end of the day, that's what it's about. Um, I think being able to, to set, set something where people understand what you're doing, that it's for a good reason. Uh, there's some, I have a neighbor that doesn't like what I do, and that's okay. Like, there's always going to be haters. But I think as you're doing your own haunted house and your own home haunt, I'm gonna go bring it back to safety. We talked about that earlier. If there are things I would have known then that I know now, I would have done it completely different. Um, But I do think that that's where we all start. We get our passion and I bet a majority of folks in the room probably had a home haunt that they went to when they were a kid and it inspired them to be in this room today. And that's the key, so keep doing home haunting and keep enjoying that because not only is it fun but it's also growing the industry as well, so. Anything else specifically you want to cover home haunt-wise? I
4: would, I would add, I, I went from home haunter to pro haunter seven years ago. And I can tell you that making the jump from home haunt to a 32,000-square-foot pro haunt is about so much more than just scaling up. There's so many more complexities with staffing, uh, licensing codes, that sort of thing. My advice would be, when you're ready to make the jump, give it at least two years, Uh, of preparation before you plan on opening the pro haunt. Uh, You're gonna need to identify the right building. You're gonna need to make that building code compliant. You're gonna need to hire people. You're gonna need to build the haunt. Um, And lastly, I would say it takes years to build a really good pro haunt, um, especially if you're on a limited budget. It's It's a marathon, it's not a sprint.
7: Okay, so in your question, to my ear, you did not mention anything about going pro, and that—that's an important distinction. I've never been a home haunter. I started as a—I worked at someone else's pro haunt, and then I moved from pro haunt to pro haunt to pro haunt. To me, home haunting—and I don't mean this in a negative way—but it's like playing poker with no money. It's a different game. It just means it's a very different game. That's all that it means. Um, What Spencer said is 100% on point. A haunted house, in my brain, is always a business. So if you are running a business in a neighborhood, not for money, that is a disturbance. It is an issue for people around you. So you have to make it about the community. So you have to lead with, this is the food bank uh, drive event, and it happens to be a haunted, haunted house. Um, I think that doing a haunted house for your own joy at your home, boy, that's so much work. Good on you. I wouldn't do that. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but doing it in your home, in your neighborhood, inconveniencing neighbors around you, whether they love it or not, it is a little bit inconvenient. Um, make sure that you're doing something for the community. So they're seeing a huge community benefit. Those those home haunts that give a big community benefit that make the neighbors, you know what? Yeah, it, it's it's a weekend, it's whatever, and it is uh, a little bit of an inconvenience for me, but it helps hundreds of people in our local community, and that that work that those home haunts do that do that are actually a huge blessing for the haunted house industry. So thank you very much for doing all of that work, but no mention was made of pro haunt. Some people are very happy home haunting, and I I love that. So,
1: Sometimes I wish I could go back to home haunting. Um, all right, we are out of time. Um, if We have actually, ma'am, we have a few other board members that want to comment. So if you want to just come up front, and if any of you have any other questions, please come over to the side. Where, are we sending everyone out through these doors? Yep, so these doors on the side, on your right, you're going to be able to head out. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Um, again, chaos credit is going to be on your left. Blue's on your right, you can stop by our booth 2023 if you have further questions. Thanks everyone for being here.
0: Today's episode was edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. Support for today's episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Dark Hour to Netherworld, Super Mario Land to Hagrid's bike, Gantum goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo? Sign up at gantam.com demo. That's gantam.com demo. The HAN team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Luis Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction
8: Network production.